Hallelujah, hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that you know that you can be victorious in Jesus Christ? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just lift your hands again right now before we get into the word of the Lord today. And let's exalt his name, Jesus. We worship and praise and magnify you. You're worthy, Lord, of glory and honor today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It's good to be here with you today. And we're so glad that you have joined us at Crossroads. And we're excited that you are here today. Amen. In week two of our plowing and sowing season here in January, there are some spiritual battles we need to engage in. There are times on our daily journey where we will need to fight some battles. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, Paul implores Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Speaking on this subject today, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. He was warning him in this chapter about things that take us away from our relationship with God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness and godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. His letter to Timothy gives insight to a man, Paul, who was in a spiritual fight. He was fighting for Timothy and those that were under Timothy's leadership. And if you moved a few books over, you find the book of Jude. And Jude wrote, it was needful for him to write and exhort that we should earnestly contend for the faith. Jude chapter 1 verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The word contend used here indicates an engagement in a struggle. When we contend for something, we will be engaging in a battle or a fight. A team or a person who is contending in a particular sport is often engaged in a fight to win. They have a defined purpose. They have a clear set of goals and a prize they are seeking to gain. They don't go through the motions. They don't like to lose, but with great preparation, they focus on each battle. They focus on each fight. They focus on each match. When an athlete stands at the end of a season, a champion, it is then realized that it was worth the hours of training and practice. 
Jude and the Apostle Paul both use words, fight and contend, which indicate we need to be prepared and preparing for a fight. The Apostle Paul wrote several times using sports analogies as an example to those who have something worth fighting for in their lives. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, do you know, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. We are part of a journey that requires you to run with everything you have within you to focus on that one thing, to focus on that one goal, to focus on that one reward, which is to us, Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty. And we can't get sidetracked. We can't be dismayed. We can't get distracted. But we have, we've got to move. We've got to push harder than ever before. We must have Jesus as a focal point the center of our existence. He must be in everything we do, everything that we think, and everything that we are. We must contend and fight for our relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul challenges us even more with another letter to Timothy, as soldiers of Jesus Christ, that we must learn to commit to Jesus Christ and His principles wholly. We must give ourselves to His purpose and to spiritual war. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. Paul writes that we must not get caught up. We must not entangle ourselves with the things of this life. But we must be committed to our mission. We must not allow the affairs of life, our fleshly desires to override and take over the mission and the purpose that Jesus Christ has for our lives. We can't change the rules to accommodate us or make this easy for us as Christians. There are principles for us to live by. There are 
things that Jesus Christ has set forth that we must uphold and that we must understand. And when we look at our lives, we must account for the things that we must fight for in the spirit, no matter the circumstances that come against us. And so with this framework today, there are three areas of our lives that I want to focus on uh, this week as we continue in the season of plowing and sowing. And I pray that you are taking a daily look at your life. I pray that you are devoting yourself during this time to find what God is wanting to do in you during this season. I pray that you are allowing in your prayer time and in your devotion time God to speak to you and to show you things that you've never seen before. We must make it a priority to fight for these things that I'm going to talk about right now. And the first thing that we must fight for is our relationship with God. If it is not something worth fighting for in your life, then there really isn't Anything else on the list? If your relationship with God is not really something that that's, that's important to you, then we just don't need to go any further. This is the precursor to everything in our lives. This is our foundation. This is our cornerstone. This is our purpose our existence. This is everything in this life. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is everything. We must be contending every day for our relationship with Jesus Christ. We must be living each and every day with the mindset that Paul wrote in Philippians and Pastor Kurt challenged us with Last week in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8, and I bring it to you again because it's such a powerful portion of Scripture. If you did not listen to Pastor's message, if you were not here, you need to listen to what the Word of the Lord said to us last week. Because it was powerful. It was life-changing. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8, More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him. Having, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect. No. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that. For which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. Yet but one thing I do. 
forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is more important than anything on this earth, including your family. Maybe you've never thought about that before and you put maybe your family, your spouse, your children are here and God here, but that's not the way it should be. God is always first. God is always number one. Your relationship with Him must mean more to you than your family. It must mean more to you than your job. It must mean more to you than your hobbies and your interests. In our relationship with Him, we must understand that prayer and the Word of God and worship are the substance of this relationship. If there is anything that distracts you from any of these things, you must fight with everything in you to overcome that distraction, that thing that keeps you from those important things in your life. Our flesh doesn't like to pray. How many love to get up early in the morning? How many look forward to the weekend with nothing on the schedule? Look forward to that, right? Getting up early on the weekend. No, we, we look forward. Man, it's Friday. Tomorrow I get to sleep in. I hear that all the time. I get to sleep in. The flesh doesn't like to pray. It likes to sleep. It likes to eat. It likes to feed itself. This is why our minds don't like to read the Word of God. Because we like to eat natural things. This is why many are inconsistent in their disciplines of Christian life. It is when we allow things of the world to distract us, we we become insensitive to the Spirit of God and the significant things that make our relationship with Jesus Christ so special slowly fade away. And so I tell you, we have to fight for our relationship with Jesus Christ every day. You have to put your body under submission of Him, of Jesus Christ, and say, Lord, Help me to do the things that you want me to do. To see what you want me to see. To be what you want me to be. Because I can't do it on my own. I must make it a priority to seek Him. To read His Word. To worship with Him everything. With everything in me. We must press toward the mark. We must contend. We must fight. Our relationship with Jesus is worth the fight. The second thing we must fight for is our family. Don't ever give up on your family. Don't give up on your spouse. Don't give up on your children. Fight the good fight for them. Your marriage and children are worth fighting for in the spirit. 
There is a spiritual attack on the family taking place like never before. The destruction of the family is coming from all different sides and it's been happening for years and years and years. And it, but in recent years, the family has been undermined politically and socially and spiritually. We are in a war like never before to gain back the essence and meaning of a family. You see, family is not something that we put together. It's something that God put together. The war on families has been devastating to our society and it's been devastating to our culture. We have lost our way as a country concerning values and decency and morals. The consistent message is displayed that a family can look like anything and be anything that you want it to be. The absence of a father or a mother, it's just normal. It's just normal. A child raising themselves is normal. The government will raise your children. Divorce is normal. If you don't like her, get rid of her. If you don't like him, just get rid of him. Find somebody else. It's normal. It's not worth fighting for in today's society. The sanctity of marriage is not normal. But I tell you today, we must fight the good fight for our families. If there was ever a time for you to fight and contend for your marriage, it is now. If there was ever a time that you need to pray over your kids, being raised in the church, raising them up in godly leadership, it is now. We have become a self-absorbed as a society, worrying about everything but what is spiritually and morally right for our kids. And the church is not immune to this mindset. It is time for Crossroads to ensure that our families are spiritually minded. God, help us to fight for our families. Your daily prayer life can, must consist of praying for a covering over your family. Praying against the attack of Satan and his devices. Praying for wisdom in your marriage. Praying for wisdom in how to raise your children in a godly home. Praying for peace in your home. Praying for the joy of the Lord in your household. Praying for blessing. Praying for health and strength. We must be praying for our families. We must go to God in prayer and fight for our families in the spirit. You must fight the good fight for your family in prayer. Our children need to know that relationship with God is a priority. It's not an option. It is a priority. They need to know that the church is a priority. It's not an option. You don't get to stay home. I'm sorry. I'm speaking a little plain today. They need to know that fighting for our families is a priority. We're not going to allow you to come in, Satan, and destroy what God has put together. We're not going to allow those things of the flesh to destroy us internally. 
but we're going to allow the Spirit of God to flow through us. We're going to allow the Spirit of God to make a difference in us. We're going to allow our families to grow and flourish in relationship together. We're going to have peace in our home. We're going to have peace in our home. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Fight the good fight for your family. And finally, we must fight to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It happened just as Jesus had promised. The Holy Spirit was poured out on those that gathered that day after much prayer and waiting on the promise. They received the power that we read in Acts chapter 1 and 8. And it immediately changed the world around those that came together in one accord and one place. And it was in Acts chapter 2 and verse 5 where we find a multitude that came together and were bewildered and amazed and marveled at what was taking place. And there were others who will find in verse 13 that was mocking what was happening. What was this instance? It was the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 and 13, others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. It was Jesus who prepared Simon Peter for this moment, the brash and the bold disciple who was always eager to defend Jesus. And, and he even once cut off the ear of a Roman soldier who was taking Jesus into captivity. He stood up and eloquently lifted up his voice and began to fight the good fight of faith. It was Simon Peter that stood up and proclaimed the good news to those who mocked, who questioned, who marveled, who were amazed at what was taking place. He didn't fight with his hands. Maybe he'd learned something. He didn't fight with a sword. He didn't fight with a gun. But this man named Jesus, whom you crucified, he died for you. The spirit which you see and hear, he did this for you to believe. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, he said, this promise is to you, and it's to your children, and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He stood up with the eleven, and he began to fight the spiritual battle with the gospel. In a world where everything you hear is bad news and fake news. The people of God need to be spreading and contending for the good news. The world needs the good news of Jesus Christ. That He loved us so much that He died for us on the cross. That He was buried but rose again on the third day and is alive today. 
People need to know the good news that because Jesus died, He was buried and rose again. He is a living God. He is a living Savior. And His name is Jesus. They need to know where they can find healing and deliverance. And that is in the name of Jesus. It is by the power and the name of Jesus Christ. Someone needs to stand and fight for the gospel. Satan is fighting every day to steal and to kill and to destroy. He is at war with everyone. Satan takes good people and he enslaves them in bondage. He takes away dreams. He takes away purpose. He kills passion. He destroys the soul. He steals the lives of children with thoughts of suicide. He kills marriages with thoughts of unhappiness and seeds of unfaithfulness. He breaks up homes and rips apart communities with violence and hatred. Satan is at war. He's at war with you. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you will fight the good fight with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can give someone a purpose for living again. We can help set free those that are in bondage. We can bring peace and hope to our communities. We can show the way of salvation and all that is good in a relationship with Jesus Christ if we will contend, if we will fight the good fight of faith. This is good news. This gospel is worth fighting for each and every day. Every person equals a soul that we can share the good news with. We must be contending for the souls of people each day. We must be fighting like never before with the souls of people all around us. God, help us to reach our neighbors. God, help us to reach our community. God, help us to reach our co-workers. God, help us to reach those in our lives that don't know who you are. Help us to share good news with them. The gospel must be a priority in your life. It must be a priority. He said unto them in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 and 16, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. The church must stand and fight and believe like never before. You must declare, I am not ashamed of who I am in Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm not ashamed of this gospel that changed my life. 
I'm not ashamed of the church in which I fellowship. I'm not ashamed of the salvation that I have received. I'm not ashamed to proclaim this good news that Jesus has given to me. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. Lay hold of eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called. And hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight. We must get an understanding of what we are up against. And why we must fight this good fight. Both Paul and Timothy understood that the people of God were going to be fighting some very significant spiritual forces. They knew that they were fight, what they were fighting for was more than their lives. Sometimes we get a little selfish in this thing. I'm fighting for myself. They knew this was worth more than their lives. It may cost them their lives. Many uh, disciples and apostles lost their lives because of the gospel. It was of eternal value. Their purpose was to reach the lost, whatever the cost. Their purpose was to warn the church, to prepare the church for the fights, to make disciples of everyone they could to bring them into relationship with Jesus Christ. They were encouraging the church to contend for the faith. The Apostle Paul writes, I count not myself to have apprehended. He said, I haven't arrived. I'm, on, I'm not a spiritual giant in my own mind. I know exactly where I stand in this thing. I know where I am on this journey. He understood that each and every day was a struggle between his flesh and his spirit. But he wrote, I press toward the mark. I'm fighting. Not, I'm not just, just beating the air. But I'm fighting a real fight. I'm pushing myself every day. I'm contending for the faith every day. I'm reaching forth to those things that are ahead of me. I'm stretching myself in my relationship with God. This was Paul's hunger and it was his passion for Jesus Christ. Showing forth Paul's ministry was all about fighting the good fights. It was about contending for the faith. It was all about pushing the limits of his flesh. So that God could do something greater in his life. His life was about seeing souls saved with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It didn't matter where it took him. It didn't matter what he encountered. It didn't matter what was going on around him. But he was fighting the good fight. He was contending. He was in a battle, in a spiritual war for people. The worship team would make their way back to the platform. We want to prepare ourselves for the closing. 
of this message and what God might speak to us. I came to challenge you today as a follow-up in our plowing and sowing season, a follow-up to what Pastor ministered last week, as a follow-up to our prayer service on Wednesday and our prayer service on Friday. We have to fight this fight. You have to take it and run with it. You have to be the one that engages in this battle because it's worth every effort you put into it. Everything that you get yourself involved in in the kingdom of God. Everything that you put into your relationship with God. Everything that you see as important around you. If you put the kingdom first, it all kind of looks like a blur as Jesus becomes the chief cornerstone of your life. The preeminence. The priority. God. You're everything. You're everything to me. My life must make it to see you. My soul cries out for you, oh God. But not only that, I've got to take you with me. My son, I've got to take you with me. My son. My wife, I've got to take you with me. I've got to fight for them. I've got to take them with me. Jensen, I've got to take you with me. He's running media today, so he can't come up. You fight for your relationship. You fight for your family. And you fight for others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You give them an opportunity to meet Jesus. You say, here it is. This is what Jesus did for you. I love you. Jesus loves you. Let Jesus change your life. It's a fight that we must engage. Our spiritual desire must overtake our fleshly desire. Our hunger for God must exceed our hunger for the things of the flesh. We must learn to submit our lives to the cause of Jesus Christ. People around us need to see our passion and love for Jesus. People shouldn't have to guess whether or not we're Christians. I'm not sure. He said he went to church, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. There should be no question. Live this thing. Breathe this thing. Let it flow out of the bellies of your life. Let it flow like a river of living water to people as you encounter them, as you speak to them, as you work with them. Let them see it through you. Let it be displayed in our attitudes. Let it be displayed in our humble appearance to them. Let it be displayed by the way that we work. Don't be lazy. Be different. Change the culture around you. Be prayerful with people. Change people with the power of prayer. Model Christianity in your speech. Model love and care for people. 
Many times we can get so focused on the outside of our lives, the things that are going on around us, that our heart gets darkened. We can say the right things, but not do the right things. Jesus said in Matthew 15, This people draw, draweth nigh unto me with the mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching, the, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Don't just do this for me. Don't do this because you think it's the right thing to, get, to do. Do it because it's a passionate thing that Jesus becomes that one and only priority. Don't just carry on traditions of life. Well, we go to church on Sunday. Oh, well, we go to church on Wednesday. That's just tradition. You see, this is a daily experience. This is a daily Life. This is a daily journey. You live it every single day. The pharisaical mentality destroys passion. Let us be cleansed of any pharisaical mindset that might keep us from engaging in a meaningful passionate relationship with Jesus Christ. We need a revival of passion for the faith. A revival of a hunger and thirst for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God, help us contend for the faith. If you'll stand with me right now. I hope the Lord has been speaking to you in this moment. I hope that you've been challenged today by the word of the Lord. I hope you're seeking to be 5% better each moment, each minute, each hour of the day. The things in your lives that you're trying to do. I wrote that question on Tuesday again. To myself. What today. Can I make 5% better in my life? What are the things that I've got to take to that next level? In my relationship with Jesus Christ. For me, it's taking on a new level of boldness. Listening to what the voice of the Lord is speaking and the opportunity that sits in front of me. Taking hold of that and sharing the love of Jesus with people. I want you at this moment close your eyes and bow your heads. 
I want you to look at where you are right now. Evaluate where you are right now in your relationship with God. Maybe there's people here today that you're far from God. There may be Christians here today that are far from God. People that are professing to be something. But in all reality... They're far from God. There may be people here today that are on fire for God. That are full of passion and zeal. Want to do something for the kingdom of God. But you're just looking for direction. You're looking for an opportunity. Evaluate your heart right now. Don't let your mind wander. Focus and in on the priority right now. Where am I in my relationship with Jesus Christ? Where is my family on the spectrum of their relationship with Jesus Christ? What have I allowed my family to become? What am I striving for? What are we striving for as a family? Those two things are the, are the most important things that I want to focus on here today. Because if we get those things right in our lives, if we get those things on point in our lives, we can begin to share the love of Jesus Christ like never before. If you'll step out today, if God is speaking to you right now to change some things, to you feel challenged in your relationship with God, won't you begin to step out right now and come to this altar and begin to commit yourself to what God wants to change in you and your family. Maybe you just need to bring your family with you. Maybe you just need to take your family by the hand and say, come on, we're going to be in this fight together. We're going to do this together. We're not going to do this alone, but we're going to do this together. As they sing, won't you come today? Offer yourself up to what God wants to do in your life.